It seems to me that, I mean, except for being a little mentally ill, she's pretty normal. Johnny Depp as Sam from the film Benny and June. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, it's the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book by Matthew Quick. Today, we have a very exciting guest. This is our third brand new guest that falls outside of my circle of three lonely friends, and so it can actually bring an outside uh, you know, perspective to the things that we discuss. He has watched the movie very recently, also read the book, which I'm very excited about because he's our first guest on here who has done both. And he has currently uh, just been working uh, this this year uh, again to get ready for his big project, which is going to be kicking off next week. Uh, it, he is the director of media engagement for Dragon Con, which is just one of the biggest conventions in the southeast covering all sorts of fandoms from science fiction fantasy uh, and anything that could possibly entertain people of that nature uh mr dan carroll how are you sir jamie i'm doing amazing because uh from the first time i heard about your silver linings playcast i wanted to be part of it uh though at first i thought it was a joke and then when i realized (laughs) you were really doing it I wanted to be part of it. Um, I had not watched the movie until I heard about it from your jokes. You'd, you'd never watched it before. You didn't watch it organically when it came out. I did not. Back I did not. I, I'm, I'm a big Bradley Cooper, uh, Jennifer Lawrence fan from Joy. Love the two of them together in that. And I figured that would be this would be the next evolution. And I loved it so much that I turned around and purchased the audiobook within uh, hours of finishing the movie. That is fantastic. So we'll get into some of sort of like the, the deeper uh, analysis and philosophy that I love to, to talk about. But let's get some of the, the basics out of the, the way. Do you have a preference for which you liked better? the book or the movie? And I, I know that I feel like that's not even a fair question to ask people books or movies, but is there one that you just personally enjoyed more or found more entertaining? I, I, I honestly, uh, I, I really loved Nikki's uh, portrayal by Jennifer Lawrence. So I'm going to say the book edges, uh, the book is edged out by the movie. The movie is my preference. But it's uh, if it was an election, it would be a fifty-two forty-eight election. Okay, that's that's very fair. It's uh, I love the um, what the film does to portray the book. I think there was so much in the book that made it a good book for what it is. But that they definitely did a good job adapting it. Um, one second, excuse me, I'm parched. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, nice yeah. to meet you, Parched. Uh, Dan. <laughs> oh, I I forgot to to say the what you just told me to introduce. You have a daughter in Brooklyn, and 
and our guest Dan Carroll saw me the first time I ever did stand up comedy, uh, which was almost twelve years ago. I guess two thousand nine. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, uh, my daughter performed the same night you did, taking a comedy class, uh, and she was seventeen, and now she's twenty nine. And I am not a mathematician, but I think you're right. Yeah, it was uh, October twelfth, I believe, two thousand nine. And I only know because my birthday is on the 11th. So I don't remember if it was the 10th or the 12th. And you've dabbled in stand-up yourself, haven't I you? have. I have, yes. But I, I do. I'm a, uh, I like to consider myself a communicator is, is my, and a storyteller. So, um, you know, I, I was a cryptologic technician and translator in the Navy. I moved out of that. Uh, even though I did a lot of software development, I did a, lot, a whole lot of... Uh, writing, uh, advertise not advertising, training copy, writing documentation. I worked for a while as a mm -hmm. documentation manager, and um, my job itself is pretty boring. But I got a gig uh, again in 2009, just a month before I, I, I met you, where I got to be the spokesperson for the largest fan event in the world. So yeah, I like talking and telling stories. So I tried, I tried uh, my hand at stand up for a while. Uh, and my stand up was all story based. It was, you know, yeah. I was going to refer to it as being like somebody, but he just got out of jail. So I don't want to mention him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I found myself drawn to stand up comedy, but I understand what you mean. I, Stand-up comedy is just a very um, sort of genre-specific style of storytelling, but it's the same skill set that really is is relatable to all these other things and many of the other things you've done. Um, yeah. Well, um, I, 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 we could talk about this some other time, but my biggest problem with stand-up is I can't remember the jokes in order um, because I just want to riff. And I used to have a radio show and I'm much more comfortable, much funnier when I'm just in conversation with somebody and I just get to riff on whatever's being said. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've considered doing open mic where I just go sign up last and, and just make fun of the other comedians. So, you should absolutely do that. That's super uh, fun. Yeah, the old guy. The old guy with the cane making fun <laughs> of stuff, people. One of my favorite things that ever happened in an open mic, there was a... Uh, nationally touring comic who is a professional he had like auditioned for saturday night live even a couple of years before um he was he was in the thick of it in new york city and he came to a very small open mic here in atlanta he was a buddy and one of my just starting out comics friends with me uh he did not know this other guy and so he got up and tried to to roast this professional road comic oh and did not do well oh also, I want to throw out that I'm not mean-spirited mm -hmm. overall, so it would not actually be cruel, but it would be playing off what I heard the rest of the night. Absolutely. Um, because I don't want hecklers. Yeah. I don't, I don't heckle. I don't want hecklers. It's not... Yeah. No, but that's... You don't go against the pro. Never. No. <laughs> not at all. Um, okay, so I, so we've decided that you uh, you like the movie slightly better than the book but but you uh, appreciated them both uh do you have any favorite 
scenes, story elements, or characters that just stood out to you? Or, or yeah, uh, no, like, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I have, I have a long history of having close friends who um, have been broken, and I've had periods in my past where, where I, I love that universally without saying it to anybody all my counselors and psychologists have always said well you're not crazy you just got issues i got big issues yeah. from time to time um but but uh you know and and in the past year who knows i i mean what we've all gone through has stressed all of our mental health i i can't imagine anybody who's who's aware not suffering so what i liked was the what i liked a lot and i mentioned jennifer lawrence's role and it's not just because she's pretty and she is and and in fact if anything she comes across as less attractive than nikki in the book yeah she she's much more girl next door cute than she is the stunning that you're supposed to find sorry i got uh you're you're talking about uh, Tiffany. Tiffany, Nikki did I call her Nikki? Yes. Oh God, no! I hate. No, never mind. I'm so sorry about that. that no, it's okay. Is, it's okay. <laughs> but I also suffer from ADD. Sure. Thank you so much for correcting so- me. Everybody listening to me, that guy doesn't know that show. Well, you're you're uh, only talking to the only person that would probably ever make that correction on the only uh, yeah, no, that's media fine. that would uh, ever. <laughs> I got and and to be honest. I probably was thinking more about my roommate, Nikki. Yeah. So um, anyway, so Tiffany, Tiffany, of course, Tiffany is Tiffany's Tiffany's struggle and her real uh, the revelation of who she is. Yes. Through through both the book and the movie uh, is just something I have encountered in my own real life Mm -hmm. more than once Um, that that somebody seems a little bit quirky and then um then they seem even quirkier you find out the reason for the quirkiness and, and i'm using quirkiness as a as a hard euphemism here yes um and and then you realize that there's real trauma there and and my god the the pat moment especially in the movie where he suddenly realizes just how broken Tiffany has been mm-hmm. is is just is just so beautiful. I, I I mean, you know, Tiff obviously has her problems. She's got she she's got issues with with the truth. She's got I- issues with with her the loss of her husband and and the reaction to that. But but also um, the fact that she's sticking her neck out is definitely um mm-hmm. it, it definitely a sign of of growth but it, it's just a beautiful beautiful thing yeah no um and and let's go off of the movie for a second because uh out of my two listeners they're more likely to have seen the movie yeah, than read the fine. book uh what moment did do you think that that pat uh sort of made that revelation too and realized that about her background Oh, I, I think when she explains it, uh, it, it, you know, when she 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 explains about the Victoria's Secret box and and about her husband okay. dying, 
um, which is uh, if you the book is much more detailed yes. than the movie, but the but it's still see that's where I think Pat sees through to her as a human, and he realizes that she's not uh, you know not a slut to to use his words yes um, that she is a woman who is working through her trauma and and it's 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 kind of it hits him there's just a there's like a dullness in his eyes and it's not because he doesn't care it's because he suddenly sees like the scales come off his eyes Mm -hmm. um before he realizes his eyes are kind of bright while he's angry and, and yelling at her um but i think for tiffany uh, and uh, I gave you a warning. I didn't know exactly. I think it's when Tiffany in the movie is is behind the door while Pat is talking to the parents, and the guy comes up looking to score, and Pat puts him in his place and just walks him out out of the out of the home. I think that's definitely that- where she she changes because she hears him talk with him having no idea she's around and you know if they say character is what you do when nobody's looking then that's a character mm-hmm. that she was looking for when she wasn't looking absolutely i'm so excited that you picked that moment for her character too because i've interviewed um several several real life couples because that's that's one of my favorite things to do is to ask them because i want the male and female perspective uh which is the only breakdown I've gotten of that so far. But um, yeah. Uh, and and the really interesting thing about you picking that moment is so far, uh, that's, that's when a lot of the women that I've interviewed have sort of seen collectively in that moment. But that is not when the, the guys have seen as much. So for you to sort of get that, I think uh, you're, you're very perceptive. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my femininity. I'm a kind of an a feminine heterosexual and i'm comfortable with that um you know so i i feel you know my my emotional wiring Mm -hmm. is much more in alignment with with what the average woman thinks um could explain why i have you know 400 female close friends so sure (laughs) that's good I, i and i um I guess I don't have any personal connections with anybody, regardless of how uh, they identify or whatever. So that's yeah. why I have to ask other people to explain these human things that happen I see in movies. <laughs> um, but I also, I love her backstory too, because that was one of the things I didn't uh, notice that much on my first watch through. Uh, also, because I was like 10 years younger at the time and less personal experience. But they give that, but when she gives that background about, her uh marriage and that tragic backstory i thought it was such a great sort of uh authentic sounding explanation and then when you give sort of some of her conditions that she is going through uh it gives you that glimpse into why somebody might be the way they are and it gives you so much empathy for them um and I love, and I think that's why media, that stories, that movies and TV and books can be such powerful things for, for at least giving us tools to learn about ourselves, because it gives us fictional characters, but real situations 
where we get to look behind other people's psyches and understand people from a different perspective. Um, if that makes sense. I, 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 and, and I got a real life example yeah. of this because uh, I've got a friend who I will not name. But I have a few friends who are widows, women, uh, and they're much younger than me, mm -hmm. um, but they're get, they're catching up. But um, yeah. but that I've be, been friends with, and that I've I've talked to on a, you know, a staying up late at Dragon Con at two o'clock in the morning, kind yeah. of, you know, real talk. Yeah. Uh, and I I have listened to them uh, and given them a free space for them to be able to. Um, to express themselves and and the 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 raw emotions that I, I see are very similar and i'm not talking about people who are recently widowed i'm talking about people who have been widowed long enough to be in new relationships but still talking about the loss that happens and to add to that that fictional loss of you know that tiffany did not was was through with sex mm -hmm. and her husband was trying to woo her and that's why he drove to Victoria's Secret at lunch and that's why he ended up dying. Um, Tiff is just, you know, just just uh, very realistically drawn, but that is the way everything that, that, that Quick has done in terms of taking the characters and not making them stereotypical mental mental illness just he's mentally ill with air quotes. yes yes um and 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 i love that a lot uh one of my, my favorite movies ever for but it's not good it's just favorite do you mm -hmm. understand the d difference absolutely when i was 19 years old i saw a movie about a broadway press man, press agent whose best friend was a 23 year old girl who had uh, difficulty communicating with his children and a really weird relationship with his ex-wife and mm -hmm. he was dying he was 52 in the movie it was Jack Lemmon it's called Tribute and um, and even when I saw it at the time I walked out of the theater and said well Jim because I was with my best friend Jim I said Jim that's my life in my 50s that is the closest thing I've ever seen to my inner life as it will evolve and yeah. i found myself at 52 years old my partner in radio was a 26 year old woman my uh my ex-wife always had interesting relationships there and my my children at the time when i was in my early 50s i did not quite understand why i would go around talking about comic books yeah that i thought that was a great thing and people really liked me for doing it, but they just didn't get it. They wanted me to be respectable and play golf. Uh, they, they've out, we've we've come to terms. It's not an issue in the family, but the fact that this movie was so much of my life being predicted when I was 19 years old, but I watched it recently, yeah. and I realized, first off, he's dying of a disease, and that was so annoying to me because I've experienced um, both the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson, a book series that deals uh, very profoundly with mental illness and being broken 
in a fantasy setting, but but still very well researched. Oh, really? What is, what is that? It's Here. called Stormlight Archives. Okay, like, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is one of the most real. Apart from from what we're talking about, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. It's an incredibly realistic um, depiction of alcoholism, uh, narcissism, a disassociated personality disorder. Um, every all of the heroes are struggling with major PTSD or something else. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's very realistically researched because the writer had written a character that was autistic years ago and did not get positive yeah. response. So he makes sure that he talks to professionals as he's as he's putting the characters together. But uh, but, you know, and apart from Stormlight Archives, which takes place in the magical world of Roshar, this, which takes place in the more magical world of Philadelphia, <laughs> um, is, is also very, very strong. Yeah. No, I'm so, I'm super excited to hear that because I've just uh, I've I've been just been getting into books and I'm just dabbling into fantasy. Uh right now I go to a a writers group at my local library and they all recommended uh Brandon Sanderson. Um and I've been watching Yeah, that, so. I I met him in 2013 like uh several times at a convention. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I hung out with him, had conversations with him, and I walked away I, thinking, I'm never going to read his books. He's just too nice. <laughs> yeah. He is so nice. And that's not, I am not criticizing her. He is. He is just the guy you want to hang out with. That's so good so. to hear. It's always wonderful when, uh, I just love when other people are nice. Partially because I don't think I can muster that level of niceness myself, but I still believe in it. So yeah. it's nice when other people <laughs> Yeah, no, no, and, and, and I get it because um, it's weird because the vast majority of my life I, I work in IT and then one week a year I'm a, like a rock star and then I go back to, you know, being a normal guy um, and it's trying to maintain that, you know, uh, realization that next week, um, you know, I'm going to be the guy that people look at funny in the grocery store, so... I'm fine with that, but uh, but also one of the things that I found working at DragonCon mm -hmm. is that I uh, I've had one maybe two bad celebrity experiences in 13 years of doing this, so a lot of people are a lot nicer than you think, which is great. Absolutely, no, I've I've been pleasantly surprised. I I think especially in the entertainment industry or anything where you interact with the the public uh the the media loves getting sensational stories mm -hmm. and and when flare-ups happen or something but that um most people would just rather work with somebody who's easier to get along with and so that's that's who will get work and, and have sustainable careers and uh and interact with the public i mean that's that's their job or all of our jobs right like make people at least like us enough to want to invest in our products listen to us um, watch our movies, read our books, and things. And it's so funny that there are, and this is going way off the track, but you're you're a military guy. You've spent time in the Army. One thing I noticed yeah. in the Navy, because I was on an aircraft carrier, so we did have admirals mm -hmm. uh, on the ship, is that 
we, we across the board, we would always wonder what was wrong with people who were 04, because 04 seemed to think they were only going to get promoted if they were dicks. And by the time you get to a flag officer, almost all of them. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes. You got to do what they want you to do. Yes. They, they, they're not playing games about that. Mm-hmm. But they have no vested interest and no, no reason, and they don't see a reason to be anything besides pleasant. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to making sure the ships are in the right place and you're ready to fight a war, that is a completely different story. But, you know, the admirals would I, I used to I heard a story once that uh, a friend. Am I talking too much? Do you want? No, no, me? no. Absolutely. Okay. So so this is this is an interesting story. It's about human nature, because that's what in the end, that's what Silver Linings Playbook is about. Yes. Um I had a friend who, one of my close friends, in fact, he was Jim from earlier in the story. Yep. Jim worked with a guy who was a police officer on campus who became a Secret Service member. And everybody's all excited. He went off and then he came back from Washington for a vacation for Christmas and stopped by the campus and was hanging out with everybody. And because nobody knows who he is, nobody knows what campus this is. And there's a lot of people named Jim. I can tell the story. (laughs) And he said what was absolutely amazing was from the first day he showed up, President Bush, this is in 1990, that President Bush, Mm -hmm. Barbara Bush and the family knew his name and called him by name and asked him how he was doing. Yeah. And that is not the way Dan Quayle or his family or staff treated him. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you get to a certain point where where it doesn't matter. And you only get to a certain point because you're nice. And I'm willing to bet if Dan Quayle had been a nicer human being, the Dan Quayle jokes probably would have fallen flat and have not gone as far as they had. But... You know, reporters had to meet these guys and know what they were like. Sure. So that's why it's so important also that the that the Asian invasion is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. You know what? I so this is my sixty second episode of this, and most of them have been an hour. And I haven't even gotten to that. I've I've uh, discussed Briefly, I did a little character breakdown of of Pat's therapist. Um, but you just pointed out a great, great element uh, too. Because okay, because the there's like a whole separate story in in the book side, sort of that's going on with sports. Like sports figures into the movie and creates a great little element to the movie, right? But there is like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they bring uh, issues of of race too, and, um, and the father and son dynamic, and memory, and and things in the book side, uh, all around the eagles, and the the changing of the field name, and stuff, and oh the the uh, the entire segment about trying to figure out whether. 
veterans field was torn down or not. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, Because that, that is, you know, that's, memory is such an important part of our personality. Mm -hmm. And uh, having, I came from New Jersey. I left New Jersey. I was not in the Philadelphia side. I was in the New York side. Yeah. But, but that going back after a period of time, finding out that your your brother's your brother who's a goofy brother is now very successful um, in the book. He, you know, Caitlin, he's married um, to Caitlin, yeah. and uh, and things being different are real. Uh, and but I want to I want to hit Doctor Patel for a second. Okay, please do for a couple of reasons. First off, my buddy Sridhar came to America July fourth of 1997 and we worked together maybe mm-hmm. 98 yeah it was 98 so it comes on 4th of july by october by the playoffs he knows the names of all of the braves players and he knows all the positions and he knows all the opponents oh, wow. and <laughs> it was just phenomenal yeah. to, to watch this guy adopt this game and it, it was, for me personally, watching Cliff was so much like watching this. Yes. One of the things I like, too, so much is how they sort of bond outside of the therapy, um, which is, I think... Totally, yeah. they keep it separate. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. The, the important part, too, that I think in, in real life uh, that... Uh, mental health professionals uh, therapists and doctors are real people too i i i know i have sort of made this personal mistake in some of my uh um uh, dealings and relationships with them to sort of forget uh that oh you're actually like this kind person working in a field trying to help me think through some of my stuff but you go home and you have interests it's not just dealing with me all the time. Uh, and, and, yeah, and, and I've seen it the other side where I have dated psychologists. I've never dated a psychiatrist. Yeah. I've only dated a psychologist. Um, would you recommend it or not? Because I've, I've gone back and forth on this, whether that would be the best thing in the world or the worst thing. Yeah, to be honest, when they're off the clock, they're off the clock. Okay. It's no different. It, it, you yeah. know, um, I, I, what's the example I want to use? I am an IT project manager. Yes. There are times when I start to schedule my private life, but that has more to do with ADD than it does with being a project manager. Sure. Hang on, I got to let the cat in. Okay. Come yeah. On. But uh, you know, uh, you know, if somebody dates me, they're not going to be getting spreadsheets that often. Um, <laughs> they get them occasionally. Sure. Uh, we had a weekend away with my current current girlfriend, and I did send her a um, I did send her a Google Doc sheet of what we were going to be doing during what time block yes. over the weekend. 
uh, just so that she could come up with suggestions. Mm-hmm. For, so uh, the first time she actually called me her boyfriend in public was when she said my boyfriend sent me a Google Doc. Oh, so yeah. some people like it. But um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like the... From my point of view, if I'm dating, if I'm dating a PhD, I know I've got somebody who's relatively well educated. Um, I'm a psychology minor and a student of human communications. So that and there was a time in my life where I wanted to go into either the ministry or go into psychology. you know, I was I was hours away from filling out a form a form to apply for a master's in uh, family counseling mm-hmm. when I got a really good job as a documentation manager. So I, I I didn't pursue that, but you know, so we have common interest, and uh, if nothing else, they can talk mental health all that, day long. Absolutely, no, that's that's so cool. I think so. Um, I'm. Part of the selfish reason why I run this podcast and I ask people questions about this, I'm always trying to improve myself too. And I think one of my big personal flaws in relationships has been, uh, I've, I used to help with operations planning. And so now, uh, when, when I'm dating people, uh, like, like my current girlfriend has a lot of, um, I love traveling and taking trips and, and doing events. And I always want to get out a whiteboard and, write down a whole bunch of information and i've had to learn as a person uh don't do that in <laughs> social <laughs> settings yeah no i i i am uh, uh two things my kids would uh refer to uh always is dad's thinking here comes a whiteboard yeah and dad's talking watch those hands go flying yeah they call them dad hands, but you know, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. And it's because my brain is thinking about 12 different things at once. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm watching silver linings playbook right now. What, and, what part? Uh, oh, he just called her a slut. And now he's saying, I'm sorry. When, the, when they're running. Oh, no, yeah. Oh yeah. One, uh, so one of the things that I realized when I was doing somebody else's movie podcast and they got me on for their, their Silver Linings Playbook uh, week was I love the moment when, when he says that to, to Jennifer Lawrence and she turns around um, and her character Tiffany tells him, she's like, yeah, I have this past and I've learned to live with it and I've forgiven myself have, have you done the same? And th- what I was so taken by was that that comes about a third of the way through the movie. And that was one of those speeches that, that almost could have been sort of closer to the end in another movie. But it, but they continue to have sort of really great moments, really strong uh, emotional transitioning moments where they're uh, letting big information about the characters out. There's nothing, there's nothing about what happens that isn't organic to somebody's growth through a situation like this. Um, and I, I have schizophrenic friends and I've watched them go through episodes, you know, every five, mm-hmm. six years 
uh, and it's just painful to watch. Mm -hmm. But but that coming out period, there's things that are always going to be the same, but there but it's never going to be cookie cutter. It's mm-hmm. going to be these moments that build on each other. And another uh, great pairing thing, I think, f- yeah. from the characters, uh, the portrayal, Pat's portrayal, is that he is, you know, technically, I think, the, the protagonist of the film and definitely the book, but he doesn't spend the whole movie just declaring he's crazy the whole time. Um, in fact, he really is sort of fighting that, which I think is is something I like so much about the betrayal of mental illness. I think so many lazy writers or just uh, you know want things that want to to convey that too easily without putting in too much research, just have the characters have constant breakdowns, saying, "Oh, am I crazy? Am I crazy?" And that's really not the way it works all the time, but it can too. And then you have Tiffany, who's sort of like a more self aware person because she's gone through more of the healing um and you get to balance those two dynamics which are both real world dynamics as well uh and they have several different kinds of of pairings even though they're both suffering from different things too uh, they're written both so that they can play against each other and push each other to growth in different yeah and but but because they're at different spots, they also have conflict. Yes. Which is, which is, you know, makes the romance part of it so much better. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of things in the book that I, a couple of things from the book I wish they had had, and I'm talking about the movie here. Um, one of the things that I thought was so funny in the last read was how Tiffany picks up on the fact that he is working out so much yeah. he can do the lifts. And yes. and I don't quite get that in the in the movie. Yeah. Um and he's not working out as much. There there and I think it would be I think it would be visually annoying to mm-hmm. watch him work out that much. So Yeah. Uh, and it one of my favorite things cuz I just re-listened to the audiobook while I was driving this week too and um one of the things that i noticed because it's, it's funny because i have sort of an evolving sense of uh of the state of media and how it it sounds and reflect and one of the things that stuck out to me is the couple times in the book where pat is working out and he's like uh i run faster than than <laughs> tiffany because i'm a man uh, and it's funny because it's like if you took that just sentence out of uh, context for it, it's like, oh, this is kind of a problematic character and this writer. And he's like, right. Um, but if you take it in the context of everything that's going on, you realize he's just so into himself. Uh, it was written over 10 years ago. Um, and also, uh, that's not even the important things. Um, oh no! I, but what I got out of the book was, um, in in the book, the there, I mean, in the movie too. Mm-hmm. It's a very manly, manly, manly family. Yes. And I love that in the book, Tiffany is actually the one who's been counseling his mom off the record. Completely. And and that is just. 
so indicative of how much she has grown overall. Um, and, and the fact that this is, and, and the, I think the way the movie portrays this is when the father's like, no, she's got to get out of here. And she lays down the statistics of why the, they should be spending time together practicing just because of what it does for the Eagles scores. Yeah. And, um, and the fact that when it comes time for the betting, Pat has no idea what's going on and she's just all over the place with the parley and, uh, and, and she's full of surprises mm -hmm. and, and that's 80%, 90% into the movie and she's still full of surprises. And, but, but it is a very manly family and she has to, she has to impose or share or do something put a spotlight on her feminine strength, mm -hmm. which I find, you know, really good. So. Absolutely. So you just made me think of two things. And one was one of my things that I think I would have liked to have a little more from the book or just added to the film um, was uh, the, the mom, Jackie Weaver in the film, uh, who was so fantastic. And I've, I've had people that have discussed the film with, in a, in a non-professional setting, uh, tell me, oh, like the mom was great. She was so expressive and there was so much to her and she just literally didn't get as much screen time or storyline as everybody. Cause it's already sitting at a two hour movie. Um, yeah. so they had to make cuts, but, um, yeah, each and family member has their own, like sort of different way they're dealing with things. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you completely, especially considering how much more prominent the mom is in the book because the dad doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, and I, I feel like part of the, they, they had to, I mean, the casting is great and it works as a film and it works as a book, but then they got, when you get Robert De Niro uh, to be the dad and he's going to be a supporting character, like you got to give him a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought that was I. I, th I thought what it, what I loved about, um, and th this is another thing I love about Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence together. You see their strength as actors, not not the character strength, but their abilities as actors, mm -hmm. holding their own with the Nero. Yeah, and the same with the mom. The Absolutely. mom is um, and. And, and, and I'm sorry, I don't know the actress who plays the mom from other things. Yeah. She's mostly Australian. She, I, I looked her up, and uh, she's done a couple uh, U.S. things, but she's better known in Australia. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if we, if we get, took a pause there, let's say Chris Tucker in his best role ever. And I really believe that is the least annoying I've ever seen Chris Tucker. Every, even all the characters are great, and he's so great. So, have you ever heard the theory? You probably haven't if if you didn't even watch the movie until uh, you'd heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but okay. So think back. All right. Maybe I'm going to give you sort of like an M Night Shyamalan or a Christopher Nolan type of flashback. Like everything is different now. All right. Uh, I had a friend tell me just jokingly one time, he was like, did you ever wonder while you were watching it if maybe the whole thing 
happens in Pat's head and he never gets out of and Danny is a figment of his imagination. I I I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Yeah. Never heard that theory. I that did not flip me at all. That seemed very <laughs> reasonable. Yeah, that was there I mean there's there's not a whole bunch of like uh Silver Linings playbook uh theories on on the internet, but if there is one, that is one. And it, it's sort of fascinating. I, I rewatched it thinking about that. Especially because like, there have uh, scenes where it's like, you don't know if he's taking his pills or not. Yeah. Um, he's hiding them. He's spitting them out and, and stuff. And that was just a fun little uh, thing that when my friend told me. who was, I think he was just making fun of my obsession with the movie. But then it was like, that's actually totally a, a, a valid reading of well, that. Oh no! I, I see that, and, and and I just want to throw in: by the time we get to December, he is compliant with his medicine. Yes. So, um, so that is that is definitely, and I think it's obviously a Tiffany influence, but also, um, you know, everybody else, and and that's how the movie ends with 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 him realizing it was Jake, it was Cliff. Um, and and Ronnie, oh my God, Ronnie, with his everything is great. Oh my God, everything <laughs> falling apart. And I, I, I know the tone of the movie could not let him go too far with that. Mm-hmm. But I almost would have loved to have seen that played much more comically. Yes. Um, with comedy revealing the truth. Mm-hmm. It, so yeah, no. I mean, you know, it's it's he gets he gets his silver lining, but he also makes it, which is which is really important. And I I, I do believe he's compliant with his medicine at the end. I I do believe that he won a dance contest. And the first time I watched it, the first time I watched it, I was really afraid he was going to go back to Nikki. And and for those who haven't read the book, the dance contest comes much earlier, mm-hmm. and it's much less sensational. And it it this is not a love story. The book is not a love story. Um, it's a, it's a story about human struggle, and they do end up as as partners, but but it, that's not what it's about. That, um, go ahead. Uh, oh yeah, no. That, so I have had also. Um, Someone I've talked to uh, who told me he did not consider the film a romantic comedy in a traditional <laughs> sense. Um, oh, I wouldn't consider it a romantic. I wouldn't yeah. consider it straight up romance. Which, yeah, which is, is so funny because that's one of the, the things where um, I... Okay, so that's that's sort of what I wanted to confirm with you because I I think I only feel it's like a romantic comedy when I watch it because I find so many of the things that are uh, rather dark I laugh at them, but I think that's just from my numbing to social cues from stand-up comedy. No, that, right, are, but, also, your orientation stand-up comedy is is dark. I mean, I'm, uh, I've been told. I, I've never, <laughs> I've only seen I, I've only seen you twice. Once was ten, twelve years ago. Once was two years ago. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and, oh, by the way, yeah. I left. I left the theater that night, and my girlfriend broke up with me in the car. So. No, no. <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, it was it was all right. She, she looked at me. She looked at me when we got in the car. She said, "This isn't working out, is it?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And then she gave all the things I was thinking about, and I'm like, "Nah, this isn't working out." <laughs> I I was not made to to date suburban. Yeah. Suburban housewives or suburban divorcees. Sure. You know, I'm the guy who talks about comic books on TV. Absolutely. But so I I love um, well I I get too excited and I start into a different sentence than I mean. Uh, What are some of your favorite uh, comic book franchises? Or I mean, like just anything that might fall under the the Dragon Con umbrella. What is your favorite? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I am, uh, oh man, I was hoping we were talking about comedy, but what's, uh, one of the things I'm enjoying again mm-hmm. is, uh, what we do in the shadows. Um, that is so my good. big thing, my big thing that I liked, uh, best, better than Star Wars, better than Star Trek was Stargate, the Stargate tran- franchise. I love that. Yeah. And, uh. And, and, but I, I understood once I saw the first episode of Battlestar Galactica that Stargate was my Friday night drinking buddy and Battlestar Galactica's art. Okay. And, and I love Battlestar Galactica. So I love a lot of the TV space mm-hmm. stuff. I originally went to Dragon Con. I don't know if you're familiar with the show Dead Like Me. Have you ever heard no, of it? I've, I've heard of it. I've never seen it, though. It's about an 18-year-old girl who gets a toilet seat fall on her from a space station, and uh, it kills her. And she becomes a green, <laughs> grim reaper. And everywhere she goes, when she meets the other people who've been brought back from the dead to do grim reaping, they 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 call her. Now I'm letting the cat out. Mm-hmm. Um, they call her Toilet Seat Girl. So uh, the star of that show is at Dragon Con. I'm like, okay, well, this is great. I, I wouldn't get a chance to. So that's how I ended up at my first Dragon Con. But um, I, I, I'm a huge, uh, I was a Marvel fan in the 70s, stayed with them, started reading again in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I do love comics. I love, but I don't. I, I mean, the new Marvel cartoons are a little bit different, but yeah. I also love. Uh, the Bruce Tim Batman Justice League Superman mm-hmm. series love those a lot and uh, always love when somebody comes to Dragon Con. Can you hear me I, now? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, no, my my screen went my screen went into screensaver. Oh, okay. I guess I lost the mic. Yeah. Uh, I started to say I love uh, one of my favorite Dragon Con moments is when uh, one of the cast members. Uh, Ron Glass came to Dragon Con to represent Firefly, but I got to talk to him about Barney Miller. <laughs> uh, I had a party. Christopher Lloyd showed up, and obviously he's made millions of very successful sure. monies. Uh, no, very successful movies mm-hmm. that were that were uh, science fiction e. But all I wanted to talk to him about was Taxi. I get it. I mean, I, I've I've gotten a, a person who knows about um, 
all sorts of sci-fi and fantasy franchises, and I wanted to talk to you about my favorite, I guess, just romance genre film. (laughs) Oh, well, I I mean, what you're talking about from the Dragon Con point of view is the movie where Mystique from the X-Men is going through trauma or has recovered coming out of trauma at the same time that rocket raccoon (laughs) is dealing with being bipolar yeah so from we're covered i'd like to see that can i i'd like to see a a marvel what if of that that (laughs) (laughs) yeah marvel what if of silver lining playbook (laughs) that would be great but i I also like joy so i feel bad i haven't seen that no. A lot of people don't like it. They're like Jennifer Lawrence is too too young, and I'm like she's an actress. She's she's pretending she's older. Yeah, so. she started out really young too, and has always sort of played a little older than her roles that are older. But I yeah. think she's good though. I like have the, yeah. I have no memory of her before Katniss, mm-hmm. but um, you know I. I but I, I compare her to England's uh, Jenna Coleman, who is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, started out as a doctor. Who, I mean, yeah. she, started out do, she started out doing teen dramas in England, but she moved on from, from soap operas to Doctor Who. And, uh, and then she's put in some really good performances, uh, particularly Victoria, where she, she's covering Queen Victoria's entire life. So Okay. Um, that's a that's a good movie too. Good show, good show. I think it's on Amazon. Um, I'll have to look up that because I've been getting very into uh, Victorian era things lately. Oh, so can I pimp something out that has nothing to do with Silver Lining Playbooks I'm, or Dragon Con? Absolutely, please do. There's something out there called the Great Courses. Are you familiar with them? I've seen I've seen ads for that. Yeah. So what they mm-hmm. they do is. They don't get the best researchers and best experts in the field. They go out and find the best teachers in Canadian and American universities, and they record their best course. And there's a guy at Emory, and God help me, I can't remember it because I wasn't thinking of it, but he has one called the Long 18th Century. Long 19th Century, sorry, Long Mm -hmm. 19th Century. And uh, I was a history major, psychology minor, um, and I, I have always promoted this theory that the calendar decades and the cultural decades never line up. Like 1960s began the day John F. Kennedy died and ended in 1974 when Nixon resigned. Yeah. Because there's a lot of songs from 72, 73 that when you hear them, you think they're 60 songs. But there's a lot of songs from 1962 and 63 that when you hear them, you go, well, those are 50 songs. Mm-hmm. Because the culture hadn't changed yet. And this long 19th century is about England from uh, the, the, the surrender of the United States begins the 19th century and the uh beginning of world war two one ends the 19th century so the 19th century actually is 130 years mm-hmm. which i don't know how that that's related to silver linings playbook but like you said if you like victorian stuff man this is a this is the course for you 
I went black again. I hope you didn't lose. No, I can I can hear. It. That's really cool because I've looked at that and I've been. Uh, I always wondered if they were worth it or something. So that if I, you're on Audible, mm-hmm. any course yeah. that's over five years old is available for one credit. They used to sell for three 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 ninety five a piece. Well, that's uh, they were yeah. I mean, I only discovered them because of libraries. Yes. And then uh, and and then one time. My family came into a, a, a large sum of money, and we bought a lot. And then we found out large well, that... sums of money don't last. So <laughs> that, then we got jobs again. Yeah. Um, that's a funny story. So, uh, yeah, so so that's it. I don't know how long we've been going. You no, I was, I was just about to say. Uh, it's, it's just about an hour. We've been at 57 minutes, which is um, – yeah. uh, so I was going to sort of wrap up. But I wanted to thank you so much. Uh, for for coming on here and talking to me longer than anybody should uh, oh, okay. about uh, this so movie's about fantastic. But yeah, uh, do you do you have anything else that you would like to uh, pitch for yourself or things that people need to know? www.dragoncon.org. Well, it's a lot of fun, and we are practicing solid COVID protection. And uh, what we had talked about before we started recording officially was. DragonCon has just announced this evening, Thursday, August, it's August, August 26th, that uh, we're going to have free testing on site and we're going to have, I'm sorry, we're going to have free vaccines on site and paid testing on site, not free testing. You got to pay for your testing. And to come to DragonCon, you need either a COVID vaccine or uh, proof of a COVID vaccine or proof of a test within 72 hours before you get your badge. And um, that one last note, if you'll allow me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have gone through all of August 26th without getting a flat tire. Historically, that has not been true. (laughs) <laughs> I will be not paying attention to the calendar and have a flat tire and I'll go, oh my God, it's August 26th. I don't know why. Congratulations. It just happens. Thank you. That's fantastic. Well, where where are you going to be circulating at Dragon Con? Are you going to be all over the place the whole time or is there a place that uh, we, we could look out for you because I'm going to stop by? Well, and, you, uh, you, please, for any of my friends listening to this, yes. go ahead and contact me. I'll make sure we see each other. I am normally so rare at DragonCon that a local bar called Battle and Brew has made me a 50-point prize in the oh. DragonCon photography contest. Yeah. Get a picture of Dan Carroll standing still. <laughs> it's 50 points on your on your scavenger hunt. Um, but I also am easier to track down now. I, I, am, uh, I do have mobility issues, so I'll be on one of those scooters sure. um, when I'm not on TV. I have the ability to stand in front of a camera for 10 minutes straight, mm-hmm. and then I collapse. So uh, I hear Cagney did the same, James Cagney did the same yeah. thing in yeah. his old age. But, uh, but the Greenbrier room in the Hyatt is the media relations room. They will always be able to track me down. I am... Uh, uh also going to uh that's that's about it i I have no i have no panels this year i have no plans except i'm going to go see wrestling on thursday awesome excellent well uh thank you so much that sounds great i know so many people are excited i'm excited about uh thank um, you you guys doing doing that 
this year. Uh, we all missed it last year. And, Absolutely. Um, it, uh, um, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, the amount of anxiety and pain uh, I suffered through having to be the person to talk publicly mm-hmm. about the event not being held yeah. was, uh, was, was significant. It was, it was legit. Absolutely. Um, but uh, we made it through. We got, we got to, uh, we, we, we got an amazing online show. 600,000 views, six continents. We did all right. Yeah, that's fantastic. But now we got five hotels. And uh, we're, we'll, we will definitely see you there. And, and Jamie, please if, text me. Let me know. Okay. I will. Dan, okay. thank you so much for, for coming on here. And we uh, just are wishing the convention such a, a successful and fun year. And uh, I will run into you next next weekend. And Yes. And this is a lot like the Eagles winning. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolute. Excelsior. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know that that is written on the flag of the state of New York? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Bye-bye. Thanks. Have a good night. And thank you guys for listening to the Silver Linings Playcast, the only podcast solely devoted to talking about the Silver Linings Playbook. And Silver, I I said that wrong because I'm so excited. I didn't even know my own outro. Uh, Listen every week, and we will have more Silver Linings Playbook content. Thank you, and uh, we will see you down the road. And Excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane.